Welcome to Just Be You with your hosts, Coach John McKenna and Father Jason Porzinski. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes as Coach McKenna and Father Jason discuss how athletics and faith help us to become who God created us to be. And now here are your hosts, Coach John McKenna and Father Jason Porzinski. It's great to be with everyone. Welcome back to the program. And it's always great to be here. Welcome to the program. And I want to start off, Coach, I was coming looking, uh, losing my, myself here. You know, this, uh, now that we're starting to open things up, the heat of the sun is starting to fry my brain, I think. But one of the verses that I came across in preparing for this episode is actually from Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and then verse 4. And I just want to share that with everyone. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, Whereas in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same functions, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. And I just came across that verse because I was reflecting on the title of our program, Just Be You, and that was kind of been on my mind lately is what exactly does that mean? And we've, of course, highlighted that in some of our earlier episodes. But as I was thinking about that, this part from Romans really came to mind about really coming into a clarity with who God's created you to be, but the recognition that the community is a fundamental part in growing in that awareness. Well, I think the key is for Father, be happy with what you what you are and what you're going to be. Is A great example was we did two Bible studies last week with two young men that uh, just um, exemplify that. Uh, Xavier Lozinski and Charles Hagen, and I, I know you didn't know Charles, and you know and everything, but it, it just comes out that their priority um, is their their relationship with God first. You know, they're the original, both prayed it to God, a grotto at Notre Dame, and everything. But they, you could just feel it when you talk to them, and when you just read that, you know, right away I flashed to those two because yeah. they just, and you know, it was neat. They, they took over the Bible study, and the guys, you could tell the guys, I was watching the other players on the Zoom call, you know, that we have to do now, watching their <laughs> eyes and everything, but they were attentive. There wasn't any just looking around. They were really listening to them. And they, they're both two guys that have been successful. Um, Xavier um, is in his last year. He's graduated um, from, uh, there's a real nice article out on him on graduating from Notre Dame. He has one year left of football. He walked on, you know. And like he said, he's not the Rudy story and everything, you know. And uh, um, it's just that he wanted to be part of something special. And, um, and then uh, Charles Hagen just graduated from college. And how important their faith was, it is exactly what you're talking about. That has to be first. When you wake right. up in the morning, that has to be your first thought. That has to be the thought that carries you through the day, and that has to be part of your soul all day long. And I thought it was really remarkable is when Charles was talking about with the boys um, about how he and his friends, Xavier being one of them, made the commitment with one another that they would start the day at the grotto and end the day at the grotto before going home. And even when there were occasions when he Charles mentioned that he was staying later than the other guys because of one reason or another, you know, one of the guys would text him and say, hey, don't forget to go to the grotto before you go home. And, and I just thought that was a remarkable thing for the guys on the football team to be able to hear that because of the fundamental aspect of us holding one another up. And, and, and supporting one another in growing in our faith is so pivotal for that development. And what was nice about watching them do this, Father, they weren't fair-weather grotto people. I watched them do it in the rain, the snow, and everything. They did it every day. 
And, um, you know, that's where we started the whole thing, where our team met before the grotto, you know, at the grotto before games and everything. And um, I think the neatest thing we do is when we have services out at the grotto. Um, I, I just think it, it's a great place to be at Notre Dame. And, um, but uh, those two, um, every day, every day you could, you could set your clock on it, they'd be out there. Yeah, that was always one of the places I would take students that were struggling with different difficulties and whatnot. You know, I, I've always been a believer that walking – um, as you know, I usually would walk through the weight room with the students as I was heading out towards that way. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I think movement helps when you're kind of not feeling uh, particularly happy or joyful in a particular time. And so when you're working with some of these students, um, that was always a great destination to walk towards. One, because you get that movement. You get outside the building. And, you know, even if it was cold outside, just being at that grotto, which is so beautiful of, of a place, it's been really done well. Uh, it, it just kind of brings you to a different environment and a different way of thinking just by being in that space. It's funny you say even the movement or just being with them. That's one of the things I was uh, thinking about the other day. I, I did a Zoom call with a young man who's struggling a little bit and everything, and I just didn't get that same one. I couldn't give that big coach hug to him. We couldn't talk. We couldn't walk. We couldn't, you know, and just what you're talking about. Um, yeah. And we just sat there and talked to each other, which wasn't bad, but it just didn't have the same effect of walking through things, you know, and, and maybe walking to the grotto or walking through the weight room. And we need that communication. We need that bonding back. And it's time. Uh, it's time, you know. Everybody says, yeah, you know, you, you know, you can be the Lone Ranger and, you know, you can survive. And I'm not a big believer in that. I think you need other people. Um, you know, we're only strong together. And I, I think that's even more important in your faith. I need to go back to church and have people around and see people feel the same way I do. I want to see men back into the church. I want to challenge everybody. Just, just, you know, when we're allowed to go back, let's pack the places. Let's get back in there and show that, you know, because I think that's what's going to save this world is our faith. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that will be interesting as, as the churches are beginning to open up. And, you know, obviously we're still in a limited, you know, numbers of being able to attend indoor mass. But the level of, or the number rather, of people watching Mass online is a lot higher for you know, the parishes that are, are doing the Mass live stream than typically they see in the pews. And so it'll be interesting to see if that then translates as the schedules for people become more normal again back. Uh, oh, Father, it's time to put your pants back on. You can't sit and watch Mass in your underwear or your pajamas. <laughs> well, you got to get dressed and you got to go to church. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. You know, It's that commitment. It's about, look, you know, um, I, I was raised a little different and everything. And, you know, but, but Sunday was Sunday. Sunday was the day of the Lord and the whole day. Of course, you know, I'm old enough and Jim probably remembers this, is that on a Sunday, it was hard to find a store open. You know, you, I can remember riding around and just couldn't find a store open because you, it was family time. It was time to worship. You know, your churches and your house was open. Right. And that was about it. And um, and I still don't think that's a bad thing. I, I remember uh, that as a kid. There wasn't a, you couldn't do anything on Sunday. It was like that was that was family time. And I, I think that we've lost that as we kind of opened up where you can do anything you want on Sundays. And even sporting events among high school kids now take place on Sundays. And that never used to happen. Drive around, t- t- throw your calendars away, throw your phones away, drive around, and by what's open, try to tell me what day of the week it is. And Sunday looks no different than Wednesday, right. Thursday, or Friday. Everything's right. open, everything's there, and, and I just think we've lost perspective of that. And I know it's important to the economy and everything, but I also think that our foundation of our faith, of our family, is more important than, than anything else we have out there. 
And I think that's one of the greatest things that's really come out of the coronavirus, you know, if we can look to the silver lining in the midst of this pandemic, is the fact that it's brought families together. It's brought families to playing board games and having discussions and, you know, being together and and just being with one another in a way that, that might not have existed prior. And, you know, for my wife and I, it's talked to, you know, it's given us time to talk about our faith a little bit more. Um, you know, as we're a little older, we talk about things that we want to put in perspective and everything. And I'll tell you what, it was really neat because we've got, we've got a neighbor across the street, a great, great guy, and he likes to go out every night and uh, he takes a cigar out. He's got young kids, so he'll sit out front and play the music. And it's almost becoming like a nightly thing where now all the neighbors are coming out on the front porch. And it's becoming a neighborhood thing and everything. And that goes back to the, to, to the 50s and 60s for me, when everybody kind of hung around in the neighborhood and you did neighborhood things. You had block parties and, and you just had fun with each other or the neighbor would right. wander over and, you know, and we would just sit and talk. As remarkable. You know, yesterday I was cleaning up a little bit um, around the house and, uh, you know, the bishop and I both enjoy cigars and we're down at the shore in the old convent. And so we've been enjoying a cigar here and there when I calculated the number of cigars and all the empty boxes that we have gone through. <laughs> I realized, man, I really need this pandemic to end because I think my lungs are going to start hating me soon. Um, but, but you know, it is is one of those things. It's just to, to have that social opportunity, which, you know, you don't usually get as frequently that this opportunity presented itself. Uh, but, you know, I do want to tie back to that whole aspect of the community. And you touched on it about, you know, being around people in church. And I think, you know, for for us as Catholics, it's always important for us to remember and to recognize that there's a reason why we go to church. Um, there's a reason why we celebrate the sacraments as a community of faith and not just, you know, stay at home because it's convenient or whatever the case might be. And, uh, you know, and so as the churches are opening back up, it's important for us to, to recognize that, as we re- read in Romans earlier in the show, you know, that we're part of, of the body of Christ and we're unique in that own way. But together, that community is what manifests the presence of Christ in the world around us. And so we can't do it on our own because we don't possess the fullness of Christ in ourselves, um, gift-wise, um, as, we, as we see. But each according to the measure of the faith which God has assigned him is the way in which we bring Christ forward, according to, the, to Romans uh, twelve three, And so we want, we want to be mindful of that need of the community as we grow in our faith in the presence of Christ in the world. There's nothing better than a community, whether it be a church, whether it be a team. It's a brotherhood, sisterhood. It's something together. And, and I think we all need that. And, and I think I think the Catholic Church needs it bad right now. I think the people in the church need it bad. We need to share the sacrament together. We need to be together. We need to share stories about the week together and, and be that family again. And, uh, you know, I, and I encourage people, when these churches open up, man, fill up the tank and let's go. Let, let's, get, let's get to church and, and let's get back to seeing each other. And then I always swing by a diner afterwards for family brunch. You know, that's, that's right. a great way to do it. So we're all going do. to Father Jason's for uh, the first time church. <laughs> we're all going to Father Jason's. He's cooking breakfast. Uh, and with that, we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we will have Patrick Smith with us from St. John Vianney High School. It started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have 
the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We ask people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever. Great kiss. Those things are really important. She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. What have I done for my marriage today? We've actually organized a date night tonight. What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. Uh, I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. <laughs> Today, I sent an email to my husband, and I said, you rock. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Welcome back. And uh, Patrick, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Coach. Patrick is the uh, teacher moderator at St. John's Vianney for the Catholic Athletes of Christ, and he is super involved in everything he does. And first off, Patrick, uh, we've just got to thank you for everything you do. Thanks, Coach. Now, Pat, uh, since you've been off and everything, um, well, one, kind of explain what you do down at St. John's Vianney, but then lead into a little bit, and we'll, we'll talk back and forth about some of the things you've done while we've been off on this coronavirus. All right, yeah. Um, you know, I'm kind of in, in a unique position at, at St. John Vianney where I'm the assistant athletic director, uh, and I'm also our, our director of Christ, Christian service at the high school. So, um you know, I'm at all the athletic events. I'm, I'm a you know former coach. You know, I, I did football, wrestling, and softball there for 15 years. Uh, I am an athlete, um, and uh, I also taught theology for for a good 15 years too. So, um, and uh, you know, kind of our, our charism, I, I, I would say, at St. John Vianney, really, you know, has has been service. Um, you know, the model of our high school is knowledge, commitment, involvement. And, uh, you know, our students are, you know, very, um, you know, involved in service, no doubt. And uh, I think it probably uh, 70 or 80 percent of our students, you know, probably p- play a sport also. You know, so the two really lend itself, um, you know, hand in hand. So, uh, you know, a couple of, I guess, the you know, bigger things that we do um, is, uh, you know, we have a little motto, and it's, you know, putting God above the game, you know, and we, we, we try to really, you know, live that mission. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things we do is uh, uh, is going to the veterans' home at, at Menlo's, Menlo Park. Um, you know, I have a, a, my youngest brother is, is a Purple Heart from Iraq. Uh, my son is, is currently, you know, in the Army as, as, as a tanker. And, uh, you know, I have a, I guess, um, I don't want to say a soft spot, but but a well of compassion for that. You know, I saw some of uh, 
um, I, I don't want to say shameful, but you know, the way my, my brother was treated when he came back and with the VA and with things like that. And, uh, you know, we've been, um, you know, bringing our athletic teams. So twice a month, um, once every two weeks, I bring a different one of our teams, you know, whether it's the football team or you know, the cheerleaders or you know, the girls basketball team. Uh, and we spend the entire day at, at Menlo Park with the veterans. Um, when we first started, we would assist the staff with the planned activities for the day. Um, but being that we've been doing this over seven years now, um, you know, our student athletes have, have been averaging over a thousand years of service as veterans. So we kind of take over, you know, we, and trivia and bingo, you know, all the activities that have happened. Um, you know, one third of the veterans are uh, World War II veterans, which would put wow. them in their mid to late 90s. Uh, and a large percentage of them have, have literally outlived their families. And, uh, you know, in a very real sense, um, you know, they've, they've been part of our community where, uh, you know, at our home athletic events, uh, we do field trips from the veterans home to St. John Vianney. Uh, where we make them honorary captains and on our sidelines, and uh, you really do a lot. Um, and Patrick, you know, and we, I guess a little segue into you know what's happening now. Um, you know, with school being shut and and the pandemic and the coronavirus, uh, obviously our field trips are are not going because we're not in school and there's no sports and that. Uh, but the the veterans homes uh, really ha- have been uh, you know hit particularly hard uh, by the coronavirus. Um, you know, where almost every resident has been infected. Um, you know, at last I heard, you know, at the home that, that housed, you know, about 300 residents, over 100, you know, have, have passed from it. Um, you know, some of them uh, you really are, have become, you know, dear, true friends, you know, part of our family. So, uh, you know, from CAC at SJV, you know, I guess, you know, one of the biggest things we do is, is service. And, you know, one of our biggest service missions is, uh you know, serving those who serve at, at, at uh, you know, the veterans home, um, which is elderly and disabled veterans. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they got, um, you know, again, you know, hit really hard, you know, here do- during the pandemic. And uh, obviously I'm upset. And, you know, a lot of our, our, our students are also. And Patrick, um, I, this is Father Jason here. You know, the, the veterans homes as well as the nursing homes, you know, unfortunately have been impacted in higher percentages and, and our hearts and our prayers go out with them. And, and one of the things I just kind of want to draw our listeners to is you mentioned how you almost a thousand years worth of service, you know, over the past seven years with the number of athletes that you've been taking there. What kind of change have you seen in the athletes when you bring them to the veterans home to spend time with these American heroes? Yeah. I mean, in, in a very real sense, you know, you know, we're living the gospels by visiting the sick and, uh, you know, before we go on the trip, you know, I usually bring the team into the little theater and, uh, you know, we really go into, you know, the whole, even, even the final judgment, you know, when I was sick, you visited me and, you know, we, we really get into that, how, you know, it's not a day off from school and it's not this and that, you know, we're, we're going in, you know, in a very real sense, um, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to, in some, in some instances to, to really brighten someone's final days, you know, and, um, you know, it's really, again, we've averaged, uh, you know, over a thousand hours annually, you know, over the last, seven years. And, uh, you know, kind of what they bring back from it is, uh, I mean, they're beating my door down, you know, can, can we go next? Can we go next? Yes. You know, I'll have the soccer team or I'll have the boys basketball team, like, you know, and, uh, and it's, um, uh, they really f- have forged, um, you know, relationships, you know, they have their favorites and, 
you know, even if, you know, I'm bringing a different team, they'll be, you know, Hey, did, did you, did you see Joe or, you know, Hey, you know, make sure you tell Angelo I said, hi. And, you know, we got a game coming up hopefully, you know, they, they can get to one of our basketball games this year. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's really unique, you know, in a, in a sense that, you know, teenagers, um, you're really connecting with, um, you know, elderly and disabled veterans and, you know, and I, I love history also. And I mean, in a very real sense, I mean, you know, I mean, these guys fought against Hitler. <laughs> I mean, there's no, no other way to, to, to put that in words. You, you know, know? I think that's probably one of the more remarkable parts about that opportunity that you provided for these youth. And not only did you bring them a service opportunity and bring them together as a team in order to really fulfill the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, but you're also giving them an opportunity to have an insight into history and what the cost of freedom is really all about by this opportunity to interact with these American heroes as well as to hear their stories. And, and those veterans from World War II, that's a remarkable uh, that there's that many in that um, over there. I didn't realize they had a high number there. Um, but to be able to hear the stories from those, uh, those brave men is, is probably quite remarkable and impactful on them. Yeah, and and they say you know a picture speaks you know a thousand words, and to you know see you know a veteran holding court with you know the girls' basketball team or softball team or our hockey team, you know sitting around them, I mean literally just just holding on to every word and cherishing every moment they have, you know, and and you know I kind of say to them too, hey, you know what, you have the whole rest of your lives, you know, to be on your cell phones or to goof around or this or that, but you know while we're here. You know, really, just just take advantage of every every moment you have to interact with with as many as 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 you can. And uh, you know, I I talk about my you know my grandfather who who was 99 and a World War II veteran that that passed earlier this year. You know, and uh, you know, I say I, I look at it, you know what was my grandfather and what if he didn't have family anymore? You know, what if he was sitting there? I'd want someone to come in and cheer him up and you know really just uh you know and sometimes it's you know not doing backflips or juggling or telling jokes. You know, sometimes it's just being present to a human being and uh, showing them, you know, love and compassion and respect. And, uh, you know, um, again, I want to give a shout out to our administration that, that uh, you know, allows us to do this and, and, and sees that, um, you know, we, we are a Catholic school, you know, and, and being that, that we are a Catholic school, when you, when you walk into our building, you know, there's a, a pretty big sign that says, you know, Jesus Christ is the reason for the school. You know, we don't get everything right, but one of the things we, we do get right is is our commitment um, to Catholic athletes for Christ and to service at St. John Vianney. Patrick, uh, be with everything that's going on, and I'm sure you're planning ahead because you're a difference maker, and I know you're always trying to be one step ahead. Where do you see uh, what you're going to be able to do in the fall? Because I don't know if we're going to be allowed in these uh, your veterans' homes even in the fall so we get a vaccine and everything. Um, do you have alternative plans, how you're going to communicate with these guys? Yeah. I mean, everything right now is, is really unprecedented. And even some of the old timers that I talked to that I've been in education and athletics and things their whole lives. I mean, they, they haven't seen anything like this. So, um, you know, kind of what, what I'm looking at right now is, uh, um, you know, being that we we're not in school, our school building is closed. You know, there's no athletic activities going on. Um, yeah, you know, obviously my services is shut down also. Um, but I, I do have kids that and, and parents and teachers and colleagues and coaches, you know, reaching out to me, you know, hey, what can we do? You know, we want to give back. So there there have been students, I'm talking right now, I plan on doing more, but right now, you know, I'm aware of our student athletes, you know, um, you know, making masks and collecting materials, you know, delivering food to food pantries, um, 
you know, making care packages and, and, and sending it to, to veterans' homes. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing what they can, but it's not right now with, with the current state of affairs. Uh, I can't plan, um, you know, a school activity that, that's service-based where I'm putting our students, you know, in a situation where, where they, they could become ill or bring it back to their family. Right. So looking forward to, to the fall, um, you know, we're held hostage a little bit by, by the state and, and the part, you know, Department of uh, Health as to what we can do and what we can't do. Um, but things that, that I have going would be uh, those kind of things, <laughs> you know, more uh, collection-based deliveries as opposed to, you know, going into a facility again until we're actually allowed. Right. And that's a great way to look at it right now. Uh, Patrick, I, I got to thank you for two things, though, because our time's kind of winding down here. A half hour goes quick. Is one, I want to thank you for being a difference maker because uh, you do a lot of good things up there. And we'll be getting together and talking about the whole diocese of uh, Trenton's Catholic Athletes for Christ soon and everything. The other thing I got to thank you for is I got to thank you and your son for his service. Um, Thank just, you, Coach. Just being a, being a tanker sounds manly, you know. I, 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 I like that, you know. But but I, I follow you on Facebook with your son, and uh, like he'd be my own. I'm so proud of you and him because people don't realize what it's like to be the uh, the parents of somebody who's serving. Appreciate it, Coach. And, and just from from me back at you, you know, thank you for everything you, you've done with, with uh, CAC this year and that retreat. I mean, the feedback from uh, – you know, from, you know, our, our few, you know, students and, and parents that went was absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, and you're, you know, helping take it to, to another level here in our diocese and, and really, you know, the support of our bishop and, uh, you know, the the way that, that um, you know, our school administration, you know, really has embraced CAC at SJV and put me in a position where, um, you know, I really can can live the, the, the mission of our, of our school and, you uh, you know, have our students. And we're going to have to end it there, Patrick. Faith. It's amazing. We're yep. going to have to end it there, Patrick. Thank you. And, Coach, before we go, you have any uh, final thoughts? Yeah, my final thought is get your ironing board out, iron your pants, because we're going back to church soon, and you can't be watching <laughs> masses in your pajamas. So uh, get ready, because here we come. Until next time, God bless. Back to That's where I first saw Mary. On that roadside picking blackberries That summer I turned a corner in my soul Down that red dirt road It's where I drank my first beer It's where I found Jesus Where I wrecked my first car I tore it all to pieces I learned the path to heaven Just full of sinners